Okay, um, Parshat Yitro. This is a Torah portion named after the only non-Israelite. Very good, a very high honor for Moshe's father-in-law. Most years in our drash on this Torah portion, of course, we ruminate on the Eserat Hadibrot, right? The Ten Commandments, certainly. Everything in Torah up to this point has been leading up to that, and everything after it is affected and guided by it. In fact, the Ten Commandments and the ethical and moral structure that it creates have affected civilizations for centuries after that. This country was largely built on those values. There is a time when the Ten Commandments could be found in city halls and courtrooms and public schools, you know, all over the place. And not so much anymore. It seems there's some sort of spirit of the anti-Messiah that's been working through people, removing these foundational truths from our communities all over the place. Ironically, these truths are encouraged in our prison systems. It seems they have it a little backwards, but I guess I expect nothing less. The, uh, the war has, we, it's not just like a religious war or a political war, it's a spiritual war that is being um, waged against biblical truth and it's ever stronger today and that's part of our struggle as uh, being able to be that light. Yeshua tells us Matthew chapter five, be that light to the world. It's kind of tough when it seems the world is really geared against you. I saw another recent, there's examples all the time, of course, but the most recent example that I saw is, if you know me, you know I'm a pretty big fan of the NFL. A few weeks ago, the Texans beat the Cleveland Browns in a playoff game, and uh, the Texans quarterback's named C.J. Shroud, young man, he's actually a rookie, first year in the NFL, and every time he gives an interview, the very first thing he says is, I want to give all praise and honor to Jesus Christ, my Savior, which is an honorable thing. Well, if you were to go to X, formerly known as Twitter, because I don't watch every game on live. I pick up lots of interviews after the fact. Well, that same interview where a lady goes, a lady goes up to him after the game and she asks him his thoughts and it's kind of funny how they edited that part out and he kind of just talks about the game, but then you can also find the unedited version of it. And it's just, I think little things like that, that um, and there was a lot of people quite upset about that. It seems NBC and other places are tired of hearing him talk about his savior. But that just goes to show you that it'd be such an insulting thing to do to cut just that one little piece out. Something that seems so important to that young man that he wants to say every time he gets interviewed, the media is sick of hearing it. And that's just kind of what we're up against, you know? It's discouraging at times to know that it seems like uh, where are all our friends at out there? It's frustrating to see this happening, but scripture tells us these things, of course, will happen. Spiritual rebellion will happen. And uh, what can we do to push back? Well, we share Torah knowledge. We try to do something positive. Be that light. Listen, everyone likes to sort of it's easy to bash, it's easy to complain, there's a lot of negativity out there, um, but positive change, right? The uh, Proverbs chapter 10 tells us the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. 
So I found some encouragement through all this in this week's Torah portion, actually in the story of Yitro. Normally we talk about the Ten Commandments. That's kind of been, that is certainly foundational. But this week's, as I was reading through all the different articles and commentaries about all the different parts of this Parsha, Moshe's father-in-law, really, there are some interesting stuff in there that I found encouraging. Um, so turn to Exodus chapter 18, if you would. We're going to read a little bit about Jethro and see if, uh, well, of course, we're going to pull some encouragement out of this. I think I'm going to start reading the first eight verses. So this is Parsha Yitro, Exodus chapter 18. I'm going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 18, verse 1. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, and Moses' father-in-law heard about everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how Adonai had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Moses' wife, Zipporah, after he sent her away with her two sons, their two sons. One was named Gershom because he said, I have been an outsider in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer because he said, for my father's God is my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses into the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. He had told Moses, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to you along with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, then bowed down and kissed him. They asked each other about their welfare, and they went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that Adonai had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, as well as the travail that had come upon them along the way and how Adonai had delivered them. Amen and amen to that. Now, Rav Lorberg of Blessed Memory notes these first few verses. He comments that the purpose of Yitro's trip, Jethro coming back here, was not just the result of him hearing about the Exodus and all these wonderful events. It's, this was his attempt to restore Moshe's family back to him because Moshe needed to get his house back in order. Rav Lorberg cites uh, Timothy chapter 3 where it talks about um, congregational leaders and how they must be above reproach and be faithful to his wife, manage his own household well, right? have children who obey him with proper respect. And so Yitro had the spirit moving within him, of course, prompting him not only to acknowledge and recognize Adonai, but to know how to help Moshe be a leader in his home and among the people. So let's continue reading here. Verse 9, Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness that Adonai had shown to Israel since he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jeth Jethro said, Blessed be Adonai, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Adonai is greater than all gods, since they had acted arrogantly against them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, presented a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, 
Aaron also came along with all of the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. It's very interesting what's going on here because Jethro is, of course, he's not an Israelite. He's a foreigner, but he's also a priest of a foreign god. Now, obviously, he is having a, a revelation that's taken place in him. He realizes that the, whatever god he is the priest of is not um, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so he's recognizing who the true god is. And in that last verse there, not last verse, but the last verse I read, verse 12, it says, Aaron came along with all the elders to eat bread with Moses and Moses' father-in-law before God. That's lifne ha-Elohim. Now, lifne means like uh, in the face of, like the Lord is really present in that, in that moment while they are uh, fellowshipping with each other, breaking bread together, giving thanks for God's goodness. It's that which invites the very presence of God to be at the table with Jethro, Moses, and the elders. We need to remember that. That we are in this wilderness of sorts, like they were, but his presence is with us, and this helps us to meet certain challenges that the world gives us, of course. And the interaction is notable. Yitro, after experiencing all of this, is having a very powerful experience. So let's continue reading here, because this narrative is going to shift a little bit, and Yitro is going to start giving back. Verse 13, the next day, Moses sat around uh, to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what's this you're doing to the people? Why do you sit by yourself alone with all the people standing around from morning till evening? And Moses answered his father-in-law, it's because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have an issue, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbors, so I make them understand God's statutes and his laws. But Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is no good. You will surely wear yourself out, as, these, uh, as well as these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone by yourself. Now listen to my voice. I will give you advice, and may God be with you. You represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. Enlighten them as to the statues and the laws and show them the way by which they must walk and the work they must do. But you should seek out capable men uh, out of all the people, men who fear God, men of truth, who hate bribery. Appoint them to be the rulers over thousands, hundreds, and fifties, and tens. Let them judge the people all the time. Then let every major case be brought before you, but every minor case they can judge for themselves. Make it easier for yourself as they bear the burden with you. If you do this thing as God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their places in shalom, in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Moses chose capable men out of Israel and made them heads over the people, Rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, they judged the people all the time. The hard cases they brought to Moses, but every small matter they judged for themselves. So, a lot of advice given, 
and a lot of advice taken. It was a true act of humility because it's not always uh, unsolicited advice. You know how that goes sometimes. Constructive criticism, always fun. And, but we see here that Moshe listened to Yitro, readily and humbly accepted that and implemented his advice. And so because of that, there was stability that was brought not only to Moshe's family, but also to that fledgling congregation. It's at this point that God would be ready to make his ketuvah, write the marriage contract with Israel at Sinai. But I want to close here with uh, some thoughts on the last verse in chapter 18. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went on his way to his own land. I've always thought that was a strange thing to do. I mean, why would he leave? This is a place where he's with the children of Israel. The presence of the Lord is visibly there, pillars of smoke and fire. There is, everyone doesn't have to work for anything. There's manna from heaven that they're eating every day. Who would want to leave that? Yet, Yitro decides to forego all of this and return to his people. You would think in order to positively influence them. The sages explain that when a person teaches others, he receives heavenly assistance and the time that he devotes to his own learning. And many a commentator suspect that's what his father-in-law was doing. The way, the way that we can make a difference in this rebellious world isn't by lamenting their wickedness here during Oneg, although it's a little cathartic to let those frustrations out, I get it. But we make a difference out there among the people that we know and meet. Right? Our mouths, if we're striving to be righteous and do acts of righteousness, our mouths should be a fountain of life. We need to be that light that Yeshua tells us in Matthew 5, where we are a light to the world, our light should shine before men, that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. When we follow Yeshua's words, we will have that heavenly assistance in our lives. We will, like Yitro, we... Um, we are here on Shabbat. We absorb the holiness of Shabbat and just absorb blessing that comes from being here. And when we go out into the world, like Yitro, it's not necessary to get everyone to be sitting in these pews and got to be just like us, but just have an effect. Bring a little bit. Yitro is bringing a little bit of what he experienced at Mount Sinai back to his community to positively affect them. I think that is a healthy uh, mindset to have, is to make a little bit of a difference in a positive way. Desire to share what it feels like having the presence of God with us. The wicked do their thing, that's fine. Our thing is just having that effect, being that light, and it doesn't have to be a spotlight, it just has to be a little bit of light in the darkness is very noticeable. Let us invite the spirit into our heart. Let us guide us and encourage us as we read the uh, 
these truths and absorb them into our lives and let it affect our lives. And let us hear these words of our Master Yeshua to be that light. Spread Torah knowledge, love, and positivity among the world. Shabbat Shalom.